0: I would really love to just share about how that entire transformation went about because it truly started with you, your bold voice on Instagram, your program, which was my first big investment in myself too. And I think if I hadn't done that, I don't think I would have transformed and loved myself enough today to be a full-time entrepreneur, to be a full-time career coach, and to just have pleasure and joy, be a part of my everyday. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way.
1: I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I've got one of our, oh, she's speeding, well, she's old client. She's not in the program anymore. I don't even know how to introduce you, but she's, I just love Anna. I think you are just one of the most amazing women I've met. You've just got the most beautiful energy and you're so authentic. And I just love the journey that you've had and you're so willing to share with other women to try um, and help them. And you've just done like, not only I think your physical and health transformation, but just what you've done in your life, like living your job and setting up your own business experience and some failure on the way and where you are now. And it's just an incredible journey and I'm really excited to have you back on the podcast for the third time and I love this because we interviewed you like after I think 12 months and we interviewed you Mm -hmm. at two years and now we're like nearly hitting three years Mm -hmm. after you left the program you've been out of the program for like eight months now maybe Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's a really I think it's been a cool cool journey so maybe just uh, Anna's 35 and she lives in the U.S. with her um you got you guys are married hey She's got no kids. Um, And so, anyway, let's just start maybe with a brief um, overview of your like history in terms of like the PCOS and the binge eating and the dieting and then, you know, uh, where you are now in terms of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Kitty, thanks so much for having me this third time. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you and share about what's been going on in the last year because my entire transformation, like you said, physically, health-wise, body-wise, mentally, um, career-wise, really started, you know, in 2020 during the pandemic when I discovered you and I took a leap of faith to try things a different way. You know, when I found you in 2020, I had been on the keto diet for close to two years. So you can imagine my hair was falling out. I was so tired. I didn't even realize how anxious I was. And the crazy thing is when I look back at those photos when I was thinner, I was so flabby and like it, the tone just wasn't there. It just wasn't the look I wanted. So that was also really frustrating. And even prior to the two years of keto, I had such a long history of being this hyperachiever, workaholic, workaholic, um, someone that was, I, you know point blank, sort of a Nazi when it came to food and doing high intensity training. And I found myself, you know, getting thinner, but I was getting more unhappy, more unhealthy, more PCOS symptoms, more mental health symptoms. And if anything, my butt was getting flatter, instead of bigger, which is has always been my goal in life. So yeah, Kitty, I I feel like you and I could talk for hours. But I think today I Yeah, I would really love to just share about how that entire transformation went about because it truly started with you Your bold voice on Instagram, your program, which was my first big investment in myself, too. And I think if I hadn't done that, I don't think I would have transformed and loved myself enough today to be a full time entrepreneur, to be a full time career coach, and to just have pleasure and joy be a part of my everyday, no more scarcity. And it started with your program and nourishing myself.
1: It's so cool that we've known each other for like three years isn't it yeah mm-hmm. I, I like how crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy mm-hmm. so maybe um because I think you spent the first sort of 12 because okay I'm just trying to think of how we
0: you're absolutely yeah. right I spent the first 12 months on healing and nourishing my body maybe and...
1: talk about that you, you, the PCOS you had pretty bad PCOS yeah
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had PCOS and, you know, I've had some progress in that area. Um, however, um, a lot of the symptoms still persisted, especially the painful period part, um, especially the fatigue part. And that, you know, that would derail like a whole week, a whole week of pain and not having energy. And and me as a hyperachiever, I felt like I couldn't move my life forward because of these PCOS symptoms and also the anxiety that I mentioned. And so, um, you know, and the keto definitely made shit worse. I mean, running on, on fumes, literally. So the first, yeah, when I first started working with you guys, um, you know, honestly, I was like, fuck the training. I was like, I think, I don't think I'm, I think, I don't even think my body is capable of doing that right now. I was so depleted physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, that I really had to build myself back up and I had to nourish myself. And that was really healing. And for the first time I showed kindness to myself. For the first time, I actually took care of myself. And the reason why I was able to do that is because of the container you created where I felt safe. You guys have a process. You guys have a program. I, I had accountability. I had a coach. We had weekly calls with our US girls. And I felt safe to do that. Otherwise, I don't think I would have taken that risk because I had such deep programming of scarcity and you know not eating. Um, and so that was the first step. And then one of the side effects of that was the PCOS part. Funny enough, when you stop hating your body and when you stop undernourishing it, it starts to function better and it stops punishing you and screaming for help for nourishment, right? That, I think that's what my body was doing every month. When the period came, my body was like, okay, it's time to collect because we have been severely abused here. And now we're going to tell you how we feel about that. And let me tell you, once I started treating my body better, thanks to your program and learning how to nourish myself, and I was eating foods I hadn't eaten in years, like dairy, bread, rice, fruit, you know, fruit was forbidden on keto. So the fact that I could have my fruit every day and it was encouraged, honey, like my body was like really, really happy. And even though I gained some weight during that time, I never felt more confident. And I think that's related to that self-love because I, you can't hate yourself into having the body of your dreams. And ironically, when I started loving myself, suddenly a lot of the hate and the hateful thoughts also evaporated.
1: Isn't that crazy? And did you? Because I think like a lot of women who, uh, I guess, come come into our little you know ecosystem initially. And I think I was the same too because I felt like it was just such a backflip from like the opposite of what I was doing. So I always thought that you know like smashing the green veggies, heaps of nuts and seeds, lean meats no dairy I drank uh, I made my own bloody almond milk um sugar <laughs> definite no no you know I never liver and shellfish I mean I would eat shellfish but not oysters and you know all these yummy nourishing foods and it was really initially I was like oh okay shit like this is turning everything I think that I know about what nourishing my body is on its head so how did you go with that initially
0: um so You know what, I had just got, okay, so let me tell you, what really prompted me to make that severe drastic change was I had been on keto for so long. I had been on kale, smoothies, you know, all those things they say we need to eat, almonds. I have been doing that for so long, but I didn't feel good. I didn't look good. And then the sad part is during the pandemic, I went to get my nails done and they measured my temperature and it was so severely low. And that made me really deeply sad. I was like, I'm like a 30 year old woman, I should have great temperature. And then I always knew my pulse was low. But my doctors always told me that was good. And I always knew it wasn't good. They were like, you're an athlete. I was like, bitch, no, I'm not. Um, but they <laughs> so they used to tell me they used to tell me that my low temperature and my low temps uh, pulses were fine. But then when the nail salon confirmed that low body temperature, I just got so deeply sad where I was like, this just ain't right. And I think your post started to infiltrate and plant these seeds in my brain. And at first, I didn't believe it, of course, especially not like that sugar is even okay. in in some amounts, right. But I think your post your voice, your boldness, along with me seeing like, this isn't working, my pulse is severely low, my temperature is so low that I felt so sad that I had to do things a different way, it just it felt tragic, like and my soul was sad. And that's when I knew I was like, I have to try it a different way. And let me tell you, it is a pleasure to try it your way. So that wasn't hard. So once I started eating like that, I also felt more connected to my ancestry, I felt connected to my Polish grandparents, who used to eat exactly the way you describe women should be eating or people in general, that's exactly how they ate. And I felt really connected to them. And you know, during the pandemic, we were all seeking some connection. And I think that food was in a way somehow a comfort, even a comfort food, because it connected me back to my heritage, my ancestors in this time of fear as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was really, really emotional, Kitty, like really emotional. The whole thing was at the perfect time for me.
1: Yeah, wow. I remember too, like, I think you were seeing some functional medicine doctor and, you know, you were getting your bloods done and, you you know, you'd had... Talk about that and then getting them redone. Oh,
0: my goodness. Yes. So after about uh, almost a year, I think it was only like eight months when we did my first check-in on my birthday, my first podcast, the goddess podcast. Um, That one was only like eight months later. And I remember I got my thorough blood results done by my naturopath doctor, and we were just shooketh to the core. Like my B12 was like off the charts, like 99 percentile, like. And that's, you know, responsible for energy. For the first time in my life, my cholesterol was like a normal human. It wasn't like so severely low. When I look back, I'm like, no wonder I was so sick. I had none. I had no nutrients to build the building blocks, the hormonal building blocks to survive and to thrive as a woman or as a goddess. And so, yes, when I saw those blood results, my doctor and I, we were just so shocked because, you know, we were doing the greens for a really long time. And I actually still till this day, I actually... I'm scared to tell her like just how much dairy and meat I'm eating. (laughs) And how little vegetables I'm eating. That's another thing. Like I feel like quitting the vegetables alone. Like it's crazy. I used to think I needed like liposuction or a tummy tuck. No, I literally just had to cut out those damn vegetables that were destroying my gut and making me bloated. I was just bloated all those years. I was was tiny but bloated and that's not the shape that I was looking to have. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, cool. All right. So first year, and then it's interesting, is that like, I think um, so so many women will come into our program at different stages and, you know, like you, you were like, you know, a lot of women just will start training straight away, but you were like, look, I just, for me, because everyone, I think, you know, like, uh... I just want to put this in here because I think women, you've got to understand that we're all different and we're all at different stages, different you know, parts of our journey. So what's right for you may not be right for, for another woman. You know, like, like you said, mm-hmm. I just felt that that was what I needed for my for my mental health. And, you know, other women would just come in and start training straight away and that's fine for them. You know, it's and not. I
0: love it because, Cause I had so much support to follow my body and to do what was right for me. And I love that it, the goals were, were my goals. There was no like, hey, Anna, no, you have to start training. It was like, okay, so what are your goals right now? How do you want to feel differently? What do you want to change in your life? And for me, it was the health, the energy, et cetera, at first. Mm. And then I I felt so strong after those eight months or like 10 months um, that like training, I was just bursting. I was ready to go, you know, like it wasn't like, oh, shit, got to train. Oh, I got to expend more energy on this. It was like I had so much energy. And naturally I had to put it somewhere. So that's when I started da- the daily walks Yep, and that's when I started training. And wow, it was so crazy just to see like how like the weight just melted away from me. Like it was like, and it was, it felt effortless compared to all those other years of like killing myself, you know, the, the 5am workouts, the, the smoothies and the salads, it was, you know, the sad approach, like yeah, it was just crazy how, how how easy it was. Once my body was healthy and nourished, she she knew what she had to do. We just did a slight calorie deficit. It was like 200 calories or so. Um, We introduced the walking and then we introduced the training. It was so simple and easy.
1: Yeah. And I remember too, like, you know, you'd send me messages and you'd be like, oh, I just feel so sexy, Kitty. I'm like, like I'm toned. Yeah, you know, finally, I'm looking toned, you know, feeling strong. Talk about that.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah it was so interesting like to feel that strength and to 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 just see the body shape changing because I think my whole life I was just focused on becoming smaller and I thought that would give me the look that I wanted when I look back at the photos it's not really the aesthetic I was going for like it was kind of loose and hanging and just it just wasn't it you know what you know what I mean but then when I started to see like muscles I hadn't seen before and then actually kitty one thing I didn't share with you or maybe I did because I share a lot last summer we were we did a New York City like hotel date with my husband which is something we like to do and he just had compliments he never said to me in my life like he was just like your legs he was he literally like like you know how normally guys just want to get to it no like he spent ample time he wanted to see every angle. I, I basically felt like a fitness model in my lingerie, like just posing, like literally posing. And he like, he said something he never said to me in my life before. He said, you look like a model. <laughs> and yeah, he was, he's still till this day. He's just so impressed with my legs. Like he's always liked my legs, but it's like a whole different level now because like they're tone and muscular and like, I don't know. I just didn't think he would find them that, that appealing, but he does. He really it made it made a big difference,
1: and maybe too. It's just how you hold yourself now, because like you are just saying, you know, you as as well. I mean, obviously they look, yes. cool, you know, you're you just you seem, you know, you're like I just feel so sexy, mm-hmm. like I feel like you're a, right, a muscly, mm-hmm. but you know, like yeah. It's a strong
0: continent,
1: mm-hmm. kind
0: of like, even though I did a DNA test, and I'm not Viking at all. I'm pure Polish, unfortunately, very boring uh, g- genealogy. But um, I feel like a Viking, like I feel like a warrior, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, badass. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It must have been that too, because yeah, you're absolutely
1: right. It's, it's the combination of my attitude and Sexy, the, looking, sexy. sexy legs. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I think that too. Like obviously, like being uh muscly, but you know, like when I have a little bit more body fat, I mean, I'm softer. At, no, I'm not saying that this is like obviously that women. I think even leaner women who are muscular and athletic, right up to very curvy. Like I can really appreciate women of all shapes and sizes. But I think like you know, I feel really good when I'm, I'm strong and capable and sleeping well, and then I've got some muscle, but I've got a little bit of fat on fat on me as well. You know, so you feel feminine and strong and. It's just interesting, isn't it? And I think once you're actually just feeling better, you know you're sleeping and you're oh my God, great energy, and you're feeling happy, like I find that with women in our program, too, you know they'll have these health goals, they'll have these body composition goals, and they'll be like halfway through, and they may not be where they want to be, but they just love and appreciate their body so much more because just feeling better and happy mm-hmm. and balanced like
0: I'll never forget like how I feel when I try on clothes in a fitting room now, like I'm excited. I'm posing. I love it. I used to dread the fitting room. I think so many women can relate to that with that god-awful lighting. God forbid, like, suddenly you need a bigger size, and now you're upset. Now your day's ruined. Um, or you feel embarrassed. Like, excuse me, can I get this in a size 10? You know? Um, but now, like, I'm just
1: loving it. It's so interesting, like, how my own perception of myself has changed. That's right. Yeah, it is. It is. Because I think when you're starving and you're exhausted – yeah, you pin, you pick apart your body, but when you're rested and nourished mm-hmm. and you've mm-hmm. got energy, you just like, it's, it's a better headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And not only have had those like negative thoughts been eliminated for me, thanks to your program, but also when they do come up, I feel like I'm much better equipped to deal with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we're human. I don't think that's ever going to 100%
1: exactly. go away. If you hear and say like, you never have any thoughts about your body like mm-hmm. that, I think again, you're right. Mm-hmm that's
0: but but now it's like I don't know it's like I, I guess I recognize that I'm like okay Anna you're being a bitch to yourself be nice go for a walk you know go ham um in the gym tomorrow if that makes you feel better
1: but don't be a bitch to yourself I love that that is so but it's so true you're so right I love that I love it okay cool so let's now talk about your you know how all of this has helped you you know you, you left like that's it I mean I've done it too like it's scary like you've gone and left your corporate secure job yeah. to set up your very own business let's talk about that journey and talk a little bit more about your business and what you do and how you help women because that's really cool
0: oh uh, so actually the journey started a couple months after I joined your program Kitty and I don't think it's a coincidence so literally I joined your program August 2020 And then a couple months later, I decided to explore what I might be able to do outside of a nine to five. I just wanted to see, can I get a side hustle? Can I get a freelance job going on? Because I had been in the market research world at that point for 10 years. And, you know, I was really good at it. I had gone to the top. I was the head of my office. So like, you know, I I had kind of made it. So I was wondering what else is out there, especially in the pandemic. Everyone's like, what am I doing with my life? What is my purpose? What is my legacy? And I don't think it's a coincidence that when I started nourishing my body, I felt safe enough to explore something that wasn't so safe. I felt, I, I felt confident enough to be like, well, what else are you capable of doing? Like, it's so crazy how nourishing myself and letting go of scarcity when it comes to food allowed me to let go of scarcity when it comes to money, my life, my opportunities, my options. So long story short, I never thought I would be a career coach. And now I'm a full-time career coach. But actually during that time, I realized when I looked at what truly matters to me, it was all about empowering women. So I never thought I would be a coach. But when I was doing these exercises with my business coach, we realized that this was so strong, this passion for helping women. And it was very, very about justice. I I, I felt like a lot of women get abused in the corporate world. I personally went through my own hell in the corporate world and it was terrible. And then when I got to the top, I saw so many other women getting taken advantage of. And I I had this fire burning in my body that was like, I must do something about this. So yeah, so that was in 2020. And then last year in 2022, around May, that's when I decided to go full time, go full force into me and... And yeah, and just go full time with helping women advance their careers and get paid what they're
1: worth and not get taken advantage of anymore. I love that. I love that. And talk about your, f- your failed launch. We're not used <laughs> to learning. Like I love I, yeah, I remember when you messaged me and I was like, oh shit. But then I was like, you know what? This is normal. Like and I was saying to you before we started the podcast, like in the time that we've been in business, oh my God, there's been so many things that we've done. We've failed. We've wasted money. And it's all just learning and part of the process.
0: It's kitty. It's kind of like what you what you said about like weighing yourself. It's just Mm -hmm. data. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just data. So let me tell you about this data point that was uh, very interesting. So around August uh, of last year, after I had went full time, I did this whole launch and in the coaching industry, a launch is when you're doing like a public promotion of a new program that you're offering. And so oftentimes there's like all these bells and whistles. It's a big hurrah. So I had, you know, I had a masterclass. I had a a lead magnet that people could click on and get on my email chain. Like it was, I had content up the ass. Like everything was like set to be like the biggest, most monumental success of the world. And that's being the biggest flop of the world. Like literally nobody signed up for for it and literally nobody was interested in this program that I had worked all these months to like develop, to develop the content, to develop this masterclass alone took like eons of hours, especially as a hyperachiever, right? Um, so it was a really, really huge failure. But I I just remember, and I think this is related to like all the work on my body, all the work on my health and my fitness. I just bounced right back up. Like literally, I I probably cried for like an hour. I probably sulked for a day and a half. And then I took a break because I had learned all these habits with you about listening to yourself, taking rest. And that includes your mind, not just your body. I took a a break for like a week and a half. And then suddenly I had this brilliant idea for my next (laughs) launch. And then the craziest thing was um, that next launch, I was so inspired by it. And I, I decided to go bare minimum. No more bells and whistles. I decided to go all in on me, my knowledge, and what I want to teach. And would you imagine that was my most successful launch to date? Sold out, amazing, and yeah. How good is but, that? How, but I had but I had to go through that failure, I think, because one of the things that I think led to that failure was some of my fears. So my fears about, um, you know, do people want this? I have to make it even more appealing. I basically compensated, overcomplicated everything. I basically confused people instead of inspiring them to invest in themselves. And so that was a huge learning for me because I realized my thoughts were what derailed that launch. It wasn't the program. It wasn't the masterclass. Those were beautiful. (laughs) But it was my own thoughts that led to that failing. And so for the next launch, even though I had this amazing idea, I still worked on my thoughts every single day. So it's kind of like going to the gym. I literally had to work on my thoughts every single day. I had to notice what they were, and then I had to consciously choose thoughts. I call it my thought war plan. I had a thought war plan. Every morning I would look at those thoughts, and if there was something funky, I knew I had to work on that thought by journaling, doing affirmations, taking action that aligned with that belief that I wanted to have, and literally, that changed everything for me and my business because now I always have a thought war plan. I'm not just working on my business. I'm not just working on my body. I'm working on my thoughts every single
1: day. I, I love that. I sp- really like the bit about you're like, okay, this is the belief that I want to have, or this is the body, or this health. Mm-hmm. So I take actions that align mm-hmm. with what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, be the person that inspires you. Do yeah. what. Do you know? And I think the like the action then makes you feel motivated. And mm-hmm. you'll, in a way, I like that too, because that's what I do. I'm like, I'm gonna prove to myself that I can do this by doing it. Mm-hmm. and knowing that like you say, failure is normal and you're gonna have experienced bits of this learning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good to me, way to learn.
0: <laughs> and your your program really
1: helped me become comfortable with
0: failure. That's something I never had a chance to explore in my entire life as an as a child, adult, whatever like failure was never acceptable in my environment in school and my family for myself then i became the one that held that high standard for myself of never failing and your program about progress not perfection 1% better like you're gonna fail actually so let's prepare for your failure and then let's get you back on track like for for the first time in my life i was like holy shit and then when i noticed that in your program that by allowing myself to fail i actually learned and got better I think I was able to take this business failure, honestly, really well. Like if you had talked to Anna five years ago, she probably would have been crying for days. She probably would have quit and gotten a nine to five job again. And she would have been embarrassed, but I actually wasn't embarrassed at all. Like that's why I'm sharing it publicly too. Um, I I saw it as a learning and then, yeah, keep it moving. Keep the train going.
1: I just love it. So can you talk specifically about your program? Who do you help specifically? What do you help them do?
0: Mm-hmm. So I spe- 80% of my clients are immigrant women. So in the US where um, most of my clients are from, although we do have some in Australia, some in France, um, majority are immigrant women. But I've noticed something even deeper than that. So recently, I've noticed that they're not just immigrant women. They're cycle breakers. They're women who are doing something different than their family has done ever. So they're generational pioneers Maybe they're first time people who've ever went to college or first time, you know, had a career like that and they don't have the right role models. Maybe their parents never had a career like that or they're also breaking other patterns in their families like related to trauma or related to just, you know, unhealthy patterns or toxicity. They're they're often the black sheep of the family just because they're aiming for more. They want more. They want it all. They want the career, they want the love, they want the body. Like these are women who are like saying, I'm I'm worth it, essentially. This mm-hmm. is what I want and I want to go after it. So mm-hmm. I've been noticing that even though I promote mostly to immigrant women, I've noticed that when I look at everyone, um, they really have this like trailblazing
1: personality mm-hmm. that so- I really like. So if someone like why would they work with you? What are they hoping to achieve when mm-hmm. they Mm -hmm. So they're hoping to so
0: basically, it's people who are in their career, and they're noticing they're kind of stuck, they're noticing other people getting promoted. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? They're busting their butt, they're on a hamster wheel, kind of like the women that you that come to you that they've been on this hamster wheel of dieting and starving and high intensity workouts, and they're getting nowhere. My girls do the same but for career, they're taking on more assignments, they're working 80 hours a week, they're not getting paid more. And they're sick and tired of it because they're not getting a better promotion. They're not getting more money. They're getting passed up. They're essentially a workhorse. That is another common theme. So it's the women who are fed up with being a workhorse and they're ready to basically become a career queen, as I call it, from worker bee to queen bee, because these people spinning their wheels, that's what happened to me for years when I was stuck. It gets you nowhere and it actually makes you unhealthy, unhealthy and unhappy and it's crazy. I cannot tell you how many women are attracted to me. We later find out they also have PCOS. It's all related. This hyperachiever hustle culture that pushes women to such extremes with such extreme beauty standards, with such extreme male focused dieting habits, right? Um, it's just not working for women. So, yeah, it's fed up women. <laughs> it's fed up women. Who are like, bitch, I should be making a lot more money than I am. What's going on here? And that's when I swoop in and I'm like, okay, first of all, we're going to scale back the workaholism because that that's not getting you anywhere, boo-boo. It's getting you tired, upset, angry, resentful, and sick. And then I teach them what actually gets them to, to get to go up that career ladder. It's things it. like promoting yourself. It's things like networking. It's like having a mentor and a sponsor, a key relationship that pushes you forward. It's about having a personal brand. It's about being a walking, talking commercial for yourself. It's about spending your time in the areas that are going to get you noticed and going to get you the right opportunities and the right visibility from the leaders who are going to then either promote you, give you a bonus, give you a raise so that you're spending less time basically on this hamster wheel invisible. I love it. Oh,
1: I'd be totally working with you if I was yes. yes. if you like, had a nine to five, I, I know you like would. Too. Like, that's so cool. I love it. And it's, it sounds exactly like our programs. It's like it's the same, which t- works smarter, not harder to get mm. better results and focus on what we yeah. so push the needle forward rather than just doing everything. So I love that. That's so cool. And look, let's talk. And there's two more things I want to talk about. One um, is but no, let's talk about this little test that I did first because that's mm-hmm. real work thing. So Anna, Anna sent me this, like, do, do this little test. So I did the test. So should we talk about that? Yeah. Uh, the results. I just did it quickly before um, oh, my emails. I did it quickly. So I have not looked. So is this something that you get women to do? What is this? little mm-hmm. sort of test? talk about this. I'll introduce this
0: assessment and I highly recommend every person do it. It's um, based on this field of study called positive intelligence, which basically takes like neuroscience, positive psychology, behavioral change, all these things that relate to humans and how we achieve in the world and how we are healthy and have positive well-being in the world. And basically what they found is that we all have a unique flavor of self-sabotage. And these saboteurs, which is what you get in the assessment, you find out exactly how you, with your innate tendencies, your childhood upbringing, how you have navigated and how you have survived. But however, sometimes these skills that you develop, these tendencies can hold you back. And oh, so I'm really curious to see your results. I have a feeling that we share one them? of the top ones.
1: Have you got that? I did it. I can't. Oh, see- no. You, you should have gotten an email um, with the results. Uh, maybe it's in my junk mail. Um, oh, here we go. So, dun, dun, dun. Can we afford it to you? So you yes. Um, and uh, what's your email? Oh, here we go. I've got it. at The Yahoo one. Perfect. Send it to the you Yahoo one. Yeah, hang on. I'm
0: so excited to see your results. Yeah, me too. I love these little tests, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think that I'll be? What do you think? Um, see, I you have love- a feeling that you and I both share the hyperachiever saboteur. Yeah. So the hyperachiever is all about, you know, very success driven, very ambitious. Yeah. we can oftentimes, you know, burn ourselves out with that. And yeah. oftentimes we, we seek so much external validation that we forget how to validate our own selves. And we actually, even though hyperachievers are seen as very confident and bold, yeah. oftentimes we have pretty low self-esteem mm-hmm. because we're getting our esteem from outside sources telling us, yes, you're good enough. Yes, this was successful. Yes, you're beautiful. Cyber so I have a feeling we both share hyperachiever.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I am to see, Let's have a look. It's interesting though. Like I, you know, I'm pretty open and talk about things and I think you're right. Like I do, I do care about what people think. And I think my, um, like Craig and I talk about this, my love language is like words of affirmation. So I am very, um, genuinely though, I do it. Like it's genuine when I am with women, I would compliment them on something that I like about them. And I'm very, like I tell Craig a lot that I love him and, and, you know, Greta, one of my friends who you validate people, yeah, we've done a lot of tapping work and she's like, you are like that because that's your love language, you know, and you want people to do the same thing to you. And it is interesting when I think about it. And I do sometimes I'm like, why is that person, you know, like not telling me something or why can't they compliment me or like, you know, and, it, and, but it never stops me from doing anything even though I ha- sometimes have those thoughts and I've had to work on it over the years, mm. you know, and I, but it's never stops me from doing anything. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that's, these feelings are coming up. All right. You know, you're just doing that thing again, kitty. You're good. You are good. You are enough. You know, you don't need other people to tell you that you're doing good. Pat yourself on the fucking back. You know, you are doing well. Look at what you, but it's all, I think too, related to like, you know, in the business, like what have I achieved? Like it's about, Yeah. yeah. But mm. it's good and it's bad. It's not bad, but there's and yeah. negatives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: that's the thing with the saboteurs. I don't want anyone to take the saboteur assessment and be like, I'm a hyperachiever. be yeah. terrible. No, 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 no. no, no. That's, that's the thing. It's just about how do we use the hyperachiever in a healthy yeah. way? Because yeah. whatever we, it's like food, whatever we have in excess is just not good for us. Even if it's a bucket load of
1: oysters, I'm sure that yeah. wouldn't be too good either, yeah. right? You can- or liver, too much liver. Like you want to have just enough. Yeah. And too much. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's going and recognizing, and I think too, when you are like Greta and I, we did this little exercise. It was so cool where she's like, okay, you're, it's, it could be you now. It could be you as a child. It could be you 10 years ago is opening the door and sitting down at the table and saying something to you. And she's like, just, just tell me what pops into your head. And I was like, well, it's me now walking through the door seat table saying you're good, kitty. You're good just as you are. She's like, that's great. She's like, so you've done the work. It's just that you're human and you still sometimes will have these thoughts. So she's like, when you have it, you start just doing that thing again, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And that thing again probably comes at times of stress because when we're stressed, we resort to our old patterns, our old programming and conditioning because it's safe and familiar. It's what we've always done. So it's sort of like how people, you know, with, um, even with dieting, right? You Someone will freak out and they're like, okay, forget the program. I'm going to go back to starving myself. It's just what we do as humans. But like you said, it's about catching yourself and making a different choice yeah. and limiting the impact.
1: Yeah, so and yeah. it's like you can have the thoughts. They're going to come up, but don't quash them and just be like, oh, okay, I'm just doing it again. You know, you're good. I, I've learned to really trust
0: very little from the brain recently because it's like the brain, um, it's literally... <laughs> like the thoughts are that are coming through are usually from our primal brain and the back of our brain. And they're just there for fear. They're just like, boop, scary, boop, scary, warning, warning, warning. And if we listen to all of them, like we would just be permanently hijacked, you know, and that's, that's what happened to me with my anxiety, too. So the food food really helped with that, Um, you know, nourishing myself so that I'm my body's not like, Oh, my God, we're starving every single day so that really helped with that but then also working on these thoughts exactly as you have Mm. um has really helped to diminish the impact of that
1: so good all right let's go through these little i'm having a look at it now i don't know what any of this means but like you'll be able to talk us through it
0: yes huh hasn't come through for me yet what are your top two let
1: me okay so it says oh you got it Mm Your saboteur report. No. Here we go. <laughs> Results are ready.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. We have the same top two, Kitty. The really? Literally, we are both controller and yeah. hyperachiever. Wow. How crazy. That's crazy. No wonder it? we're best friends. That's like, exactly right. That's a- <laughs>
1: we really get each other on an intimate, primal level. <laughs> so what does this mean? So it's like control. So from the top to the, like, I've got. I've got none, zero victim, zero hypervigilant, Zero, zero avoider. Yeah, zero so, avoider. Um,
0: so how you want to read the results is just look at your top two. Yep. Um, and the numbers don't really matter. It's just like the ranking. So what are your top two? Be- and the reason why you only want to look at the top two is because the research that went into this mm-hmm. has found that only working on your top two produces significant improvement in your life. So if yeah. you work on your hyperachiever and controller, you'll be that much better at achieving things, but also being happier and healthier. They go together. The yeah. whole point of the saboteur assessment is how do we beco- how do we use our full potential without killing ourselves in the process, basically? Yeah. These- so once again, it's sort of like your program. How do we have the full potential, the body and the fitness and the aesthetic without yeah. killing ourselves? Like how I do think- we do this in
1: a healthy well-being kind of way? And this makes so much sense. So, I think I've definitely gotten better as I've gotten older because I used to be like, okay, if I'm not making progress, like I have to always be making progress. Like, if I'm not growing, I'm done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, because it's like, well, obviously, I still like to make progress still. But I've just learned, I think, now to just enjoy the process so much more. And I've thought, because I think to myself, well, like I look at my life and think, I really fucking love my life. You know, I've got a great, a great part. I think that's probably one of the most important things to me is the partnership with Craig and having that good relationship and my friends and family. But I get to get up and work in this business with people I love. I've got great business partners, you know, uh, in our new strength and satire business. And I think, cause I might much like, I'd rather do it with others than do it alone. You know, obviously we started alone. Um, Now, even with the training too, I think I've gotten to a point where I'm like, Cause I put in the work and built the muscle and I'm now I've just, I'm like, okay, it's okay if you're not like, I still like to gradually over time, make process progress, but I'm okay with just make maintenance now. Whereas <laughs> before I'd be like, I always have to be making progress. So it's more just enjoying the journey yes. and just every day getting up. Like today we like, we live nine minutes walk from the beach we walk the dog, the temperature is incredible, Walk the dog along the beach, the dogs on the beach for an hour, had this yum break, just simple things, you know, and then, you know, doing things like this with you, like just, and just not being so like, oh God, every day we have to be making progress. Making Does that make sense? I still totally
0: obviously like progress. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're unsubscribing from like desperate energy. We're just unsubscribing from that like frazzled, doing everything all the time, always on energy. And I love that you said like joy and pleasure and like fun. Yes. That's, that's what I'm about. And that really started with nourishing myself. Mm. Pleasure, joy. It's not just, you know, eat to then have this result. Like it's that's right. And it, but it's having you
1: make sure it. I still enjoy being disciplined and structured the yes. then I have times when I'm unstructured, but still the basic habits still are like, you know, we over Easter, we, you know, had a couple of drinks, we went out for like lunches and stuff. I really enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed today, just a whole day of yesterday, eating my normal food, you know, no mm-hmm. alcohol, having a great sleep, walking again. So it's, it's a bit more balanced. Mm-hmm. You can't go yeah. too far the other way as well, because you'll just feel like shit, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just not, it's been having discipline and structure, but then all ha- also having some times where you're not as disciplined and structured.
0: And the discipline and structure allows you to then have the flexibility. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and great, that allows is. you to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also makes you feel safe because it's like, I can enjoy these three drinks today. Let's live. And then tomorrow I know I'm back on my thing. And guess what? I'm going to enjoy getting back on
1: my normal mm-hmm. regimen. That's yeah, exactly how I feel. Your weight doesn't really change. Like my weight, no. does I mean, obviously your weight fluctuates day to day, but it's not like you have these huge fluctuations and you can eat without tracking. So um, I don't know. So do you want to talk any more about this? Because there's one last thing you want to know that. So do you do this with all your clients?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, I The reason why I do this with my clients is number one, I'm certified in positive intelligence. So that's the thing that I can also do and offer and help you with self-sabotage. But also when I'm working with clients, it's so helpful for me to know how their brain works and what kind of self-sabotaging tendencies they have. So if someone comes to me like you and they're a hyperachiever, I'm gonna tell her like, listen, I know you're gonna try to give 110% in this program, but I need you to know it's okay if you give 70% during a week. Like, I don't want you to like go crazy with, you know what I mean? I I I don't want this to add more stress. If someone comes to me and she's a pleaser saboteur, we got to talk about boundaries and relationships and how other people might derail her progress. So it kind of helps me get 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 more psychological insight into how your brain works and how your brain might try to derail you. So that's why I highly recommend whatever kind of goals you have, whether it's in your program, Kitty, for fitness and health or a career program like with mine. The saboteur assessment is just really insightful to let you know how you might F yourself up so you yeah. can prevent that
1: (laughs) I love that it's so it's so interesting but like it's so true what these
0: I've had so many women cry after they took the saboteur assessment because for the first time they felt seen and they finally saw why they do things the way they do and that yeah yeah so highly recommend it
1: I love it and now let's talk about because I think this is a really Mm -hmm. uh you know a lot of women will write to this so like you haven't being perfect along your journey, and no one perfection is unrealistic. And there's been times when you knew you said like you stopped training, and you know, but you still you stopped tracking, but you still ate, you didn't binge, your weight stayed the same, you just didn't make any progress. So let's talk about that because I think a lot of women, and I used to be saying, it was like all or nothing. If I was not being perfect and tracking my food and sticking to the plan, not drinking any alcohol. And then it was totally the other way. I'd binge, drink excessively. And now I just have got this nice, moderate, you know, like we talked about. And my weight stays the same. It's like it a bit, but, you know, like doesn't have these huge five kilos. I gain five kilos. I'm going to starve myself and lose weight, you know. Talk about that.
0: No, that entire cycle of starving, binging, um, weight going up, being terrified of gaining weight, right? That's what we're always terrified of. Even when we make progress, it's like, oh, my gosh. That all has gone out the window. And I think there's a couple things that helped me achieve that. And now, like, I feel like no stress at all. Like, it's crazy. And I'm either not progressing or I'm either maintaining or I'm progressing. Like, I'm never going the other way. And, like, I don't worry about it. The reason why is, number one, I took the time to nourish myself so my body feels safe. And so that inclination to make up for that lack of nourishment by binging, which is what I used to do when I used to starve myself, that completely is gone. Like literally, it's crazy. Like I just don't have the cravings. And also, um, it just doesn't feel good to my body anymore. Like before I used to think a big binge was like self love because I was so depraved, like, let me eat the whole cake. ah, Right. But now it's like, you're not going to feel good after this whole cake. Let's get a little slice. And I'm fine. So that's number one, the nourishment. Um, number two, over time, I've developed all these great habits. So, for example, walking is one of them. Training is obviously another one, and also just knowing what to eat and to focus on protein. That's made a huge difference for me. I know I have to. I prioritize protein, even when I'm quote unquote cheating, or even when I'm not tracking. I know I need the protein because that's what's going to make me feel satiated. It's going to give me strength. I just I just love it now I used to totally under eat protein like most women and because of those habits um what I found is just through time of yes fucking up getting off track I found that I never actually kind of went back I've never gained weight um you know again since being in your program um I've just been, and in fact I remember there was a time period last year in uh, uh, January and February where I did fall off and I still lost weight. And I was like, what's happening?
1: Wow.
0: I because I just been so nourished that my body was like not like trying to eat. I went on a vacation, um, and 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 I still lost weight. Like because I just yeah. had all these positive exactly. habits.
1: Yeah, and that, that you 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 lose that scarcity mindset around food. That's what I really felt like it was. I was always food was scarce i was hungry i was not eating foods i enjoyed so you know like you're eating fucking boring chicken and salad and the and the tuna and the nuts and now it's like every meal i think i just eat food that i love every day like
0: every- it's so high quality and the best food that i can give myself every t- it's like an act every it's an act of self-love repeated every day at every meal so then we're not seeking that love from like empty calories or a bag of chips if that makes sense so yes The only the only setbacks that I've had are training setbacks that, you know, you can't, you know, there's no way around that. So if I fall off of that, it usually is really painful to get back in and to see that I can't reach the same targets. But even that is always a learning lesson to show me like this doesn't feel good. This, you know, is not fun to, to feel like I have to start over a little bit, right? Get back to a different weight. Um, so every time that I do fall off, I find that it's for shorter time periods. Mm. So, you know what I mean? So even, even that kind of a failure once again is a learning. And so, yeah, I've been on track for
1: a really long time now. So hopefully it's way, It's so good. And that, that's so true with your training. Like, and one thing I've realized too, is it's, you, it's progress is never linear. And there's times you get sick or you might have surgery or like you're too busy, whatever. And then you just have to go back into the gym. And what I do is I just push myself, you know, lift to failure, like pick a weight. And then I go, okay, cool. I'm just starting from here. And I just, and I don't think about where I was and I go, okay, I just have to do a little bit more than last week. And that's my standard of success. Mm -hmm. And then some weeks, you know, like, oh, if we've been really busy or had a late night and I just might Mm -hmm. pull the weights back, Mm -hmm. just do one set or something, you know, I'm just like, oh, just, just, just get into the habit of going, you know, and just moving is sometimes is great too, but just being okay that you're not always making progress and that's okay.
0: And Kitty, that even goes for when I don't fall off track. So there will be times, you know, I'll go in and you know what? Somehow, maybe I didn't eat enough that day or the day before. And like, I just don't have the strength. The old Anna would be like, Oh, no, you must finish it. What a- don't be weak. And now I'm like, Anna, like if you if you truly like you gave your all in the first two to three sets and the fourth one is really going to push you over the edge where you're just going to be so exhausted. You're going to have bad form, whatever. You're going to get a headache, whatever. I'm like, it's okay to let it go. And that's crazy for me as a hyperachiever controller to be not perfect and to give myself permission to listen to my body and be like, okay, if you're done, you're done. That has been so so life-changing because there's days where I'm like, I don't even wanna go to the gym because I'm tired, but I tell myself, let's just do one set. And then guess what? I'll do the whole workout sometimes. So it works both ways. Giving myself permission to cut a workout short when I'm not feeling up for it also helps me when I'm not feeling up for it, and I and I give myself permission to only do half a workout, and then I end up doing the whole thing. So yes, that. So even those kind of habits and learnings about myself have been really key to maintaining the habit, because you like you said, life happens, biology happens, and we're not machines that are going to do it all perfectly every day. So learning to give myself grace has allowed me to now. I mean, it's been two years and eight months now you know, like, and I'm still like going, I'm still extremely motivated. I'm, you know, it's, it's part of me now. So it's not like, yeah. So that's allowed me to maintain all of this progress and all the habits
1: that I've learned with your program all this time. So good. Anna, it's such a pleasure always to chat with you. I just love your energy and I think you've just had the most amazing uh, journey. So just quickly before we finish so PCOS, like Mm -hmm. where is that now?
0: It's non-existent. Um. It's a thing of the past. Um, I don't know what more else to say about it. No, there's no PCOS. I don't qualify for PCOS. My 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 blood results, my hormones are the best they've ever been in my whole life. I don't have any things on my ovaries, which is where the polycystic ovarian syndrome name comes from. That's non-existent. And then symptom-wise, none of that. Like, hair is uh, girl every time you see me doesn't my hair look thicker and longer
1: it's you're looking sexy yeah it looks
0: good literally fall out and i remember um look look at all these baby hairs it's actually insane like this is all fresh hair like i have short hair in the back because it's fresh hair yeah Yeah, so pcos is a thing of the past all those terrible um symptoms that no woman wants are gone
1: so i don't even think about it which is why your question kind of caught me off guard because like what well, a lot of women who have PCOS think, oh, they'll never be able. And, you know, like they're so confused. They speak to so many doctors. Oh, you've got to cut sugar. You've got to cut dairy. You've got to cut all these things out of your diet. You know, it's just. Uh... It's
0: making it worse. It's making women more stressed. It's making their cortisol jump higher. All those stress hormones. It's making their testosterone go up. All of this like low carb, low sugar is making their blood sugar drop. It's making their blood sugar completely dysregulated, which once again causes more testosterone, causes more estrogen. It's a shit show out there. And, you know, they're saying that like more and more women are having PCOS and I'm not surprised. I believe my PCOS was caused by my under eating, by my overworking, by my overstressing. And I stand by that. There's no genetic thing. My mom's fine. My sister's fine. There's no his, no family history. And I'm the one that, that is a hyperachiever and that has this tendency. And I think I created that with my lifestyle. And then it got worse because of all the wrong information out there about what's healthy for a woman. Nice. Think- so yeah, ew. Yeah. Well, thank oh. you. Please Pleasure. unsubscribe from that lady. You have PCOS or you think you have PCOS? Like you have no choice. But to change your lifestyle and your diet, like I know it's scary because your doctor's gonna threaten you. That my doctor threatened me that my PCOS would get worse with time. She also told me I would have diabetes. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's baffling. So yes, there's so much, so much wrong, so much confusing information out there. That's really sad.
1: Yeah, and um, so and uh, and obviously I'll put all this, these, I'll put them in the show notes. But where can women find you?
0: Um, you can find me on Instagram, Anna Lakomi, L A K O M Y, as well as LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, those are the two places to find me. And I highly recommend taking the saboteur assessment. So Kitty, I'll share the link for that too, because you know, if you're thinking about any kind of journey, whether it's career, fitness, maybe starting your own entrepreneurial journey, you gotta you gotta handle self sabotage first.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Anna. Well, you know, like let's let's lock this in and do a a four year your podcast and see where you are then yeah we should do one like live on like in an exotic location though that's my totally preference. that'd be amazing i'll be <laughs> out for that also well thanks so much Anna. i so appreciate you coming on and sharing everything
0: of course <laughs>